0: Here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Michelle. Hey, Michelle.
1: Hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here.
0: Um, (laughs) How are you this, I guess it's Monday, and uh, just before we went on air, Michelle uh, told me we're on our 25th episode, so that's a a big deal.
1: Uh, Yeah, we're a quarter old. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I, I can tell you, Michelle, uh, having looked at the stats, we're now uh, well over a thousand uh, replays and views Yay. for our show. Yay! So uh, we're we're here for a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll be around. Um, how's your week been going since our last show?
1: My week has been going really well. Um, I wanted to bring up to you and maybe some others this idea of. Oh, with all of our talk of rituals and self care and scheduling and today mantras and affirmations and doing things regularly, I wanted to bring up the idea of um, boredom versus chordom. Like, what is the balance? One of our conversations about couples was balancing a couple who might be one partner spontaneous and one partner more organized and, and sort of scheduled. And how do you bring the spontaneity? So I'm hoping in the middle of our mantra and affirmation discussion, we can talk about how to keep it also spontaneous and fresh for people who are feeling overscheduled by their self-care routine, where it, it, it's no longer fulfilling, no longer no longer healing them, no longer helping them, no longer supporting them, and feels like another to-do list, another chore. I, I
0: so. think that's marvelous, which by the way, I, <laughs> I want to compliment you as one of those two categories you just mentioned. Uh, and thank you for not calling it anal retentive. No, I do. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's a Freudian term. I'm not um, Freudian. <laughs> uh,
0: but, but interesting enough, if you don't mind, let's just go ahead and jump into oh, yeah. what, what you just brought up uh, so that Folks don't think, that a lot of times, as we move into a discussion of affirmations and mantras, mm-hmm. uh, people think it's a chore. They think mm-hmm. it's okay. Here's the structure, and I don't have to. I don't have to bring any purpose to it. I just have to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, check. I don't. I, I, done. Yeah, check mm-hmm. done. And I don't think that while there's a science behind mantras and affirmations, um, the idea is not for this to be a chore. So can you, you explain why this is a big deal for you, why this is coming up?
1: Yeah. I had a couple clients talk to me about when we went through their self-care contract or their self-care routine that they mentioned, oh, this stuff is no longer feeling helpful to me. It's feeling like doing the dishes. It's something I have to do. It's not bringing me the joy that it originally did. And so we were exploring how to keep your self-care routine in flow and not get rigid about it. For example, you know, we talked about me moving to Florida and it is really hot in Florida in August and there's hurricanes. It is like a wild, wild east instead of the wild wild west of California. And I my walking routine is way off because it's really hot and sweaty here. So one of the things that I started doing is jogging inside my pool okay and so therefore low impact um keeps me if i'm going to be wet at least i'm in the pool and um, keeps me feeling cool and yet i can see even in myself that if i ran around my pool for a half an hour every day that is going to bore me eventually and i'm going to need to mix it up so it was both uh, something that came up with my clients the boredom of doing self-care routine and also something I, i could see in myself liking a lot of spontaneity that's where it um, came it, up.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that about the pool because um, we used to have a pool. I think most folks who've listened to the show know we moved. And one of the things that we did not want was a pool. Um, and, you know, and of course, then we get hit with triple-digit weather here in, here in Southern California.
1: and Missing your pool.
0: And it's like, God, if I could just swim, you know, I could put a lap pool in over here. And, and we didn't do that. So I've got a new routine that uh-huh. I came up with uh, having done some research and one one is a boxing routine that never gets old but the other is a stair routine uh-huh. um, where you can exercise using your stairwell
1: uh-huh
0: you want to you want to know how boring that gets after a while
1: that has to get very boring because i used to do exercising in the stairwell at work and that was five floors yeah. and in your home i imagine it's one maybe one some floor. people have two no, one,
0: one floor and it's like how many ups and downs and ups and downs. And so I actually found myself the other day looking up variations of stair routines. I can do push-ups <laughs> on stairs. I can do spider crawls on stairs. I can walk backwards going up the stairs. I can walk sideways coming down the stairs. Um, uh, it's, it's so, so funny. I, I, so I get that. The, the one thing that comes to mind, by the way, um, and I, I think we may have chatted about the five languages or five love languages before. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't have to agree with everything Gary Chapman wrote about, and you certainly don't have to agree with the foundation from, you know, you, which you discover at the very end of the book, the foundation uh, out of which he's writing. The point of the matter is he, he wrote something in his book that, that really touched me uh, because it was so not, um, Pizazzy. He, oh, bas- he basically said you go through the the romance when you're dating, right You go through yes. that high it's a chemical high Oh it is because it's new stuff and it's that adventure Yes and then you lose it uh-huh and then he says it's a choice to be in love Ah rather than. This, hey, love just happens and I stay madly in love forever. Now, you yeah. know, people heard us during our series on a discussion of sex and intimacy. And yes. I invite you to go to go back and listen to that if you haven't already, where we talk about ways and routines and, you know, things to spice to it, it up. keep
1: it spiced up. To keep mm-hmm. it
0: spiced up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mantras, affirmations and exercising, very much like what Gary Chapman was talking about. Mm-hmm. You can choose to be excited about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ways I work with clients is to at least get them to keep remembering why they're doing it.
1: Mm. Start with why, like Simon Sinek. Start exactly. with why. Mm-hmm. Start
0: with why. When there's a big enough because behind mm. what you're doing, it will keep you motivated. Yeah. Even when it's walking upstairs for the 15th. time. <laughs>
1: Or in my little apartment in LA when, you know, the big fad, well, it's still a good thing. 10 step, 10,000 steps a day. Yes. Do you know how many circles I had to make in my living room in order to do 10,000 steps on a I, I, hot or cold day?
0: In my in my uh, office that I just closed, the physical building, it was built in a circle.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I basically had a racetrack. I'd get into the office at five thirty-six 6 in the morning. The first thing I would do is go do <laughs> my my route. Um, <laughs> so it, interesting when you talk about chortum, yeah, and yeah. boredom,
1: and boredom, uh-huh. and
0: to a certain degree, uh, it's kind of a good segue into what we're talking about today. Great. You know, part of at least for me, affirmations and mantras are to help that craziness that's going on, that that activity that's constantly. Chattering there that monkey mind that we've called before
1: yeah
0: and get it to stop yeah and don't confuse stillness with boredom okay uh, because at least i find as someone who's very type a and very uh active uh, being very polite when i don't say hyperactive um but very <laughs> very active my mind is constantly going um it's very easy to confuse that constant activity with normal versus, you know, the whole point of affirmations, you know, an affirmation, by the way, in Latin, it comes from the Latin word meaning to strengthen or to make strong. Yeah. Um, You know, mantras are designed to calm you and center you. Um, You know, they've done lots of you know, scientific studies on what happens with a meditator's brain. Huh. And it's very easy. Uh, we've talked about Pema Children before, and she has this great routine that when you're meditating, which is, uh, you know, you will use mantras and you will use affirmations to, it, if nothing else, get into that state. At some point, that that Western mind that we have kicks in and you think about things
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know don't don't confuse for a minute that meditation is not thinking you mm. can't not think you're wired to think
1: that's the super I- helpful
0: the, the idea is to notice that you're thinking and that's the and that's what mantras and affirmations for me and how i teach others that's what they do they focus the thinking into a more purposeful meaningful and useful way uh, and you know, one of the things Pema talks about is that as you're meditating, as you're whether it's a loving-kindness meditation, and she's got a variety of different ones, whatever you're doing, you're gonna drift off. You're gonna catch yourself. Okay, I've got to do the wash mm-hmm. today. Okay, I've got to go to the <laughs> store. Oh, I gotta go up those stairs again when I'm done meditating. <laughs> when that happens, at any point when it happens you know, you may daydream, you may go off on a tangent. When Uh you realize it, you simply say, as Sheik says, you simply say thinking. And she was taught this by her meditation teacher.
1: Uh You
0: just say the word thinking. Uh And that catches you enough to be able to go back and start over. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's... Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: It's like um, when I'm doing a large audience group teaching, I will tell them uh, when you catch yourself getting out of your body, meaning mindfulness is often keeping your head and your mind where your body is and not yeah. elsewhere. So I just tell them, say, get here or I'm here when they notice that they're not there and bring themselves back to the, the current place. Um, that's really fascinating. Well, so I've it's, it's it's never heard you... anybody explain that about meditation, though, that it's uh, don't confuse it with not thinking. It's noticing that you're thinking. That's really helpful.
0: Um, and I'm glad. And I, by the way, I love what you just said. I've mentioned this before when we talked about objects of, of affection. You know, I have a constant reminder on my wrist. Uh, it's, it's my little stamped coin that says, I am here.
1: Oh, that's,
0: that's my reminder.
1: Oh my goodness. I've heard you say that before. And I, I haven't put it together that I've been teaching. I'm here for years, but that's so weird. We have so many crossovers. It's so strange.
0: We do. And, (laughs) and, you know, I invite people now to tie it in with our playlist discussion. You know, one of the things we didn't get to, that's a perfect discussion point for today when it comes to mantras and affirmations, you know, everybody thinks that a mantra has to be oh yeah (laughs) you know and you form your mouth a certain way and you create the entire world view inside your mouth and you touch your tongue to the top of the the roof of your mouth sure you can do it that way but that's not for everybody you can use music you could use Uh, a theme song what is your life theme song uh,
1: you love that
0: um and even if you don't meditate think about just sitting down for three minutes with your song, your power song, the song that represents your life, and just get lost in the song. I've talked about this when we talk about our walking meditation. Yes, you did. And listening to the playlist and letting it go on shuffle and letting the songs speak to you. Yeah. Um, find your life theme song. And again, I go back to Ally McBeal because you know one of my favorite shows uh, from back in the day, uh, Th- what was that? These characters all had their theme songs. The dancing <laughs> baby had a theme song. And, and what is it for you? You know, I'll, I've got a couple, by the way, that, that kind of twist and turn uh, depending on where I am. I've talked about Pink and I've talked about the I, <laughs> I Am Here, mm-hmm. uh, which that, that is my big one. That's my power song. It's mm-hmm. actually on my walking app that when I get within a certain distance of ending, you push a button and that's the song you end oh, on. Oh, Lovely. And um, the, the, the app, by the way, is Runtastic and it, it allows you, it's free, it allows you to plug in your playlist and listen to these very powerful songs that you've programmed. And at the end, then you have one power song. It's the one that juices you up. Um, but it, it's, it alternates for me sometimes. Usually it's I Am Here by Pink uh, but, uh, you know, Tom Waits, we talked about that song this last time, uh, Take It With Me When I Go. Mm-hmm. And then Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah song, mm-hmm. uh, probably mm-hmm. one of the greatest songs ever.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There was a recent tryout, was it on America's Got Talent? Or I know you're the American's Got Talent person from time to time, but there was a recent tryout. I think it had to be in the UK because he had an, an accent. And young man um, kind of bullied and he sang hallelujah and they just automatically moved him forward into the competition. Oh, yeah. No more tryouts.
0: When it's done, when it's done well,
1: oh, so uh, well. you know,
0: I, I, Katie, Katie Lang, for example, mm-hmm. that's a meditation that that's, that's you listen to her do that mm-hmm. and there's your affirmation for the day. All you have yeah. to hear is hallelujah the way yeah. she sings it yeah. and it does exactly what a mantra and exactly what mm-hmm. an affirmation are intended to mm-hmm. do. When done badly, you've got to switch the channel. <laughs> um, before we actually get into a, a more detailed discussion, and I know that in your uh, family and marriage and grief practice Mm -hmm. Uh, you use affirmations i don't know if you use mantras but you use affirmations. i
1: use affirmations a lot i have a whole list of affirmations for grieving so when people are going through loss um, can they use affirmations to remind them to look for some of the things to encourage them to get through a day I use affirmations when it comes to old childhood wounds, reparenting. I think uh, we talked about self-reliance on fire in, in a previous episode. And that idea that we all needed to hear certain certain affirmations from our family of origin before we were 12, 13, 14, 16. And after that time, we can no longer get it from our bosses, our partners, our cars, our houses, our jobs, our bank account, we have to start giving it to ourselves. So that's another way that I use affirmations is is to heal that old self esteem stuff.
0: Um, By by the way, one of the things I think uh, some of some of our listeners certainly have listened to my discovery meditation Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, it is filled, by the way, with mm-hmm. intentional affirmations that are built into it for you to use, okay. um, including the I am here and you are safe and loved. Okay. Uh, because, And then we'll get into the you are safe and loved here uh, in, the, in, as, in the course of the show. But we've talked about this as well in other episodes and that whole epigenerational concept that sometimes is very shamanistic, by the way that you have um, relatives, for lack Mm -hmm. of, I mean, in America, we're the only society that doesn't revere uh, our relatives uh, the way they do in other countries. You know, so uh, I I remember my wife coming home from a, a beauty appointment one day, and she was saying that her, the lady that was working on her was talking about her relatives moving in with her. And Carol, <laughs> Carolyn thought that they were living, breathing, flesh and bone relatives. Oh, it was not.
1: Oh, it was deceased uh, it was spirits.
0: Deceased, deceased <laughs> spirits in a very reverential, not scary uh-huh. ghost, ghost thing. It was mm-hmm. this whole, you know, again, epigenerational, cross generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's very interesting. I, I invite some people to go back, a little off topic today, but mm-hmm. to go and listen to the discovery meditation that I put together because there's actually some of this epigenerational forgiveness built into it of, you know, you, you need to hear these affirmations that Michelle is telling you about before you hit the age of 12. And if you didn't hear them, now's the time to go back and, and hear yes, them and hear them
1: where can people find that if they're first-time listeners discovery um, meditation
0: yeah the easiest way is to to do my website thinkingmagically.com and you'll see the discovery meditation on the menu
1: Mm -hmm.
0: down at the bottom it says discovery meditation it's free it's it's my gift to you so thank you um go, go out and have fun with that um before we get into actual techniques why do you find affirmation so powerful with couple work
1: Uh, Because from a cognitive behavioral therapy standpoint, many of us have an internal critic or distorted thinking style that affects our depression, our anxiety, our defensiveness when it comes to communicating with a partner, a friend, a coworker, a family member. And when we can shift to some more positive affirmations, You begin to see self-esteem go up. You begin to see defensiveness and depression go down. You begin to see anxiety go down. So affirmations are a way to reprogram internal core beliefs that are negative, move you from a place of I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable or I'm not good enough to I am good just as I am. I am lovable just as everyone is lovable. I am worthy of happiness just as everyone is worthy of happiness. You know, So you begin to get at some of those underlining sabotagers that are a part of the cognitive makeup.
0: Um, you and I've chatted many times about Don Miguel these and the four agreements, the five agreements, and he's got some you know, other stuff. Um, And then his son, I believe Don Jose, uh, release, who just wrote a book. And the one thing out of this book that really has resonated with me with my clients uh, is how addicted we all get to suffering. Yeah. Um, You know, I've looked at it it, it, in one way. I've actually spoken with a family member. I come from such a type A, high performance, in your face family uh, (laughs) that when I went through the decluttering and the downsizing and the let's slow down, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna pretend to understand what an addict or an alcoholic goes through. I'm not gonna pretend that it's the same thing. Uh, I can tell mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. it's near cre- crazy making for someone who's so active, so get up and go, so I've got, I've got all these balls in the air and all <laughs> these businesses. It's so true. to suddenly get, <laughs> To suddenly move and literally right in the midst of moving, COVID hits. And it becomes, uh, you don't get to go. I mean, I'm out on the road 200 days out of a year, right? Yes. Yes. I haven't been anywhere. Yes. Um, And so to suddenly have to face, wait a minute, if I'm not busy, then I'm not worth anything. If I'm not doing something, I'm not worth anything. If I'm not coming, if I'm not making a certain level of income, then I'm not worth anything. Yeah. And I had this discussion with my family member who mm-hmm. said, you know what, Scott, I think that we, we were so used to operating at such a high level,
1: Yeah,
0: we thought that was normal. Yeah, yeah. Rather than what we're suggesting in today's show, mm-hmm. it's not normal.
1: Right, it's slow not, down.
0: It's not sustainable. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I'll be the first to tell you, and at one point, I told my wife, um, "This job is killing me." Not the mm-hmm. radio show. That, that you know. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, it, no, no. That, that, you kidding? This is marvelous. Uh, <laughs> talk about the antithesis of human suffering. This show. <laughs> the, uh, no, you know, I, it, it was back-to-back trials, and it was high-level negotiations. <gasps> I was. Uh, I walked around. Forget my journal. I walked around with a pad and if something happened i was working and i was capturing time because that's how i got paid and wow i actually was self-aware enough that i could say to my wife i can't do this anymore this is, wow. this is physically killing me um and she said well i'm glad you finally realized it because i was wondering <laughs> when you were going to have a heart attack
1: uh-huh.
0: um and i used affirmations and mantras quite a bit in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if this is a good time to move into some of those techniques. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, in my book, The Most Magical Secret, one, one of the chapters, for those of you that have it, what I'm referring to um, is the chapter uh, entitled, I Can, I Will, I Dare, mm-hmm. I Do, Love uh, that. I Am. It's chapter eight. And I give some of the background of this and it comes from uh, 1899 believe it or not is the the original version and it was a dedication page to a book call or a little booklet not a book called the conquest of poverty and it was written by a lady uh, by the name of Helen Wilmans and I want to read to you what she wrote if you don't mind yeah she wrote man woman these are the words of mighty power indeed when understood Each human body is the temple of its God within. Turn on the light of selfhood as you read this book and let the light be strong. Discover self. If search be short or long, I say, discover self. Then know thyself. And then record a solemn vow and let it be, I can, I will, I dare, I am. I'm sorry, I do. So wow. here's what happened. She writes, I went back to, the, to my version of it. I can, <laughs> I will, I dare, I do was the 1899 version of it. Um, I then did a little bit more research and mm-hmm. came, came across a, another book in 1907 from a student of hers called The Secrets of Mental Magic. And he then professed these, what he called a heroic cry of freedom, right? Um, and then I took what they did and turned it into the following.
1: Mm. I
0: can, I will, I dare, I am.
1: Yeah, I love it. And I here's, love
0: it. Here's, here's how it works. It is, a, it is both a mantra and an affirmation, believe it or not. It's, it's that powerful. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I do is I have this 108-bead mala bracelet, Uh, Mm -hmm. very similar to a rosary, right? Mm -hmm. 108 beads, there's a reason for that. And we don't need to get into all of that for now. But when I put this on every morning, there's a ritual of affirmation that I do. And it becomes very simply, uh, I I wake up in the morning, and I ask a simple question. What do I need today? Mm Mm-hmm. It begins with that question, what do I need today? And it can be anything love, happiness, joy, bliss, Um, the one word that we've talked about, you know, whatever your one word is. uh, It might be authenticity, it might be equanimity, it might be grace, it might be you pick it. Mm -hmm. Um, My fallback when I don't have, you know, I'm doing cool today, I don't need anything. My fallback is safe and loved.
1: Mm -hmm. Again,
0: go back to the discovery meditation safe and loved. that's about what we all want right safe and loved, and then it becomes a ritual of putting this on and it's i put it on it, there's a, a four loop process mm-hmm. and each one is uh, the, the affirmation that i read you and I you're going to fill. i can i will i dare i am and you're going to fill in mm-hmm. at the end of it i can be safe and loved now think mm-hmm. about the the modifying word here i can that's the modifier, be safe mm-hmm. and loved.
1: Like I'm capable. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm.
0: be safe and loved.
1: In, in the make, future.
0: You're mm-hmm. making a statement, so we preframed it. We're future-pacing. Mm-hmm. I dare to be safe and loved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The courage to take the choice, I'm imagining. It. And then the last one, and this is the one that I, I drastically changed, and that is where you say, I am safe and loved. Yeah, I love that and one. And that last one becomes your mantra for the day, mm-hmm. your your affirmation for the day. I am safe and loved. Mm-hmm. For those of you in a recovery process or who have been through it, mm-hmm. add just for today in front of it. Mm-hmm. Just for today. Mm-hmm. Just for today, I'm safe and loved.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself.
1: Yeah. I... I just wanted anybody listening out there that thinks, oh, you know, Scott, Scott's a lawyer, hypnotist, a speaker, coach, et cetera, but does this really work? Can I just tell you that I use this in my practice with my clients. When I get to a point where I can see that they need a pattern interrupt to how they're thinking and to stop kind of focusing on everything going wrong with their life and to start feeling that empowerment, I ask them to choose the word that they want more of. And I asked them to incorporate this. And I have seen people use the word courage. I've seen people use the word empowered, inspiring, um, inspirational, um, successful, whatever that is. and when I check back in with them and they've been doing it daily on a regular basis, they have often told me this is really helpful. So I really do like that you've changed it from I do to I am, because there's something about ownership in the word I am that really cements the word, you know, and I think that also is reflected in the 12 step program act as if right.
0: Yeah, the William James concept, yes.
1: Yes, yes. So act as if. If you, don't, if you don't think you're in recovery, act as if you're in recovery. If you don't think you're courageous, act as if you're courageous. And isn't that true when we act as if and we you know say that final I am, that it really brings us into a place of empowerment? This yeah. is possible. I can live it.
0: And, and you bring up, a, a, I think, a, a really important point to underscore, and that's that you want your, particularly affirmations, mantras are a little different. Mantras, by the way, for distinction, are usually a one word, sometimes two, maybe three, but usually a one word, multi-syllable, the way you use it, Mm -hmm. uh, term that also, uh, it's a very sacred concept, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're basically bathing yourself in the sound Mm-hmm. of it. I um, mean, mm-hmm. there's a whole mm-hmm. philosophy behind the A-U-M or O-M, depending on how you spell it. Um. Om. Um, th- th- there's, there's that. If you're using affirmations, you want these to be positive
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you want them to be stated as much as you can in the mm-hmm. present. And that's what the I M does. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you want to be rooted in the here and now with your affirmations and your mantras. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, whether, whether you're playing with the syllables of a mantra mm-hmm. and that's automatically focusing your brain mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or you're taking the positive uh, vibration of the affirmation mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. focusing your brain. Mm-hmm. It needs to be positive. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I say that because when I teach this to people one-on-one, there is a tendency to either future project Mm-hmm. As, as the ending. It's not I am safe and loved. It's mm-hmm. I will be safe and loved. I will be. Sometime. Some, some, Off someday, in the future. Someday I will be safe and loved. <laughs> um, that's not the power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's a preframe. frame that, That's a way mm-hmm. of saying, I know it's possible. I'm going to challenge myself to do that. Blah, blah. Hey, wait mm-hmm. a minute. I am. I am. And, and it's getting you back centered. Or to put, mm-hmm. it, to put it another way, I use all these to help You Mm -hmm. remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you will think of mantras and affirmations as just that, it's a reminder Mm -hmm. of who you really are. Mm -hmm. You're not all this other crap that's going Mm -hmm. on out
1: there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're reminding me also, Scott, not to divert us too much, but there was a period in my practice where I worked with chronic pain. And all my clients were either workers injuries, chronic pain, accidents, et cetera, you know, and were dealing with pain all day, every day. And one of the things that we found in the research was a combination of biofeedback and yoga meditation to bring in what they want more of, right? would help interrupt the pain receptors so we would teach a combination of diaphragmatic breathing where in their head they would say i am as they breathe in and then peaceful or relaxed or calm whatever word they saw as the opposite of pain some people chose i am free some people chose but what they could not choose is I'm not in pain because the brain right. doesn't hear the not. It automatically, if you tell yourself, I'm not in pain, I'm not sore, I, I'm not tired. All your brain does is think about tired, sore, and in pain. Like right. don't think about the pink elephant, right? Then we all have an image of a pink elephant. <laughs> you know. So I, I, you're just reminding me that there's a lot of research out there about how people could use a mantra type um i am relaxed or i am peaceful or i am calm to help combat headaches high blood pressure physical pain and you know i struggle from time to time with back pain so sometimes these episodes that we record are for me i'm like oh yeah i gotta do my biofeedback training i've been doing my yoga i've been doing my back stretches i've been running in the pool i've been icing i've been taking the only thing i haven't been doing is biofeedback and my mantras. so i'm on it
0: there you go you know <laughs> one of the interesting things too and again I, I want to distinguish a little bit between mantras and affirmations for folks okay good um if, if any of you have ever studied been part of or heard of transcendental meditation uh, it's a very specifically uh, designed formula uh, where, among other things, there's certainly other components to it. Let's just focus on the mantra part of it. The, the, you're given a personal mantra. Um, so now I, I work with folks uh, in private coaching, and based on my understanding of them, I give them uh, either personal mantras or affirmations or a combination of both. Mm -hmm. that I asked them to simply use every day with TM and very uh, offshoots of them, because there are some modern versions of them now. It's literally uh, 20 minutes, three times a day. Mm. Now you could you you know, set aside all the rest of the time. If, can you imagine what this would do to your vibration and your center Uh, if you took the mantra or you took the affirmation and only did, that's all you focus on for 20 minutes, three times a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Most of us in the the Western world, most of us listening to this are, I mean, I I already know the pushback. I've joked about it when I put the discovery meditation is 16 minutes long. I've asked you to set aside 20 minutes just for the setup and the the relaxation at the end. right? And I've said, if you can't set aside 16 minutes out of your day, then you need to listen to this twice.
1: it's a good point
0: and and it, it, a mantra and an affirmation are are shorthand um they're not magic in and of themselves some mantras have a have a spiritual overlay to them and again there's a physiological uh reaction to the to the sound uh, and it, 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 I'm not going to get into the whole thing go look up om om or aum and you'll see why that word does what it does everything from the formation of you the structure of your your jaw the back mm-hmm. of your throat where it resonates how you uh have it vibrate through your body there are certainly some phenomenal uh teachers out there guru i won't call them gurus teachers out there who have sound meditation that they can teach you uh, that can also be used for this the idea is it's your purpose behind it. We're going to go back to the why. Why? It, it is, why do you want to do this? Well, I want to remember who I am. Why do you want to do that? Because I'd love to be peaceful and centered and calm. I would like to know what bliss is again. I'd like to know what bliss is for the first time ever in my life. Um, I would like to experience forgiveness. I would like to eliminate shame and blame and move towards gratitude and appreciation. Whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm it starts with that. It's like, why are you doing this? Because if if something's working for you, don't change it. Michelle and I aren't giving you 25 episodes. You know, This is almost <laughs> 25 hours of stuff we've given you now. We're not giving you this to change you. Nobody no. likes change, but we all embrace transformation. We all love it when it happens. Um, or to put it a different way, as my favorite author, Richard Bach, um has often said what the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the butterfly calls the beginning. Right? Hmm. Um and I've heard
1: so, it a little differently. Uh what the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls the butterfly. Oh no I that's uh,
0: Is well, that a I twist? Don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um I've only heard Richard, I've only heard Richard's version of it.
1: I've been quoting him wrong all this <laughs> <don't know>. time.
0: <laughs> but no, it's true.
1: Such a beautiful quote. Right, and,
0: and it's the, these are designed to help you transform. Yeah. To a better version of you. Oh yeah. Um, and I, if you don't mind, in the time that we've got, do you mind if I give a couple other techniques? Please, please. You know, uh, m- many of you know I'm certified in Ho'oponopono, which is the Hawaiian, uh, very simply, the the Hawaiian practice of forgiveness, and it was originally designed to it's an actual. Uh, Indigenous concept for the Hawaiian Islands of familial restoration, of bringing the family together. And in some cases, courts, the Hawaiian courts, would actually order you to go through Ho'oponopono training uh, with your family, and everybody would go through these giant acts of forgiveness. Uh, There are many teachers out there right now. Joe Vitale is probably the most famous of them because of the secret. Uh, Joe, in turn, learned what he learned from a Hawaiian psychologist, Dr. Hugh Lin, and Dr. Lin learned it from some other folks. And if you don't mind, many of you may know Ho'oponopono already. I'm going to pass it on to you. Uh, I've changed it. Maybe we'll do that in another show. Uh, And I I know that you and I are actually doing it as, for those of you that don't know, uh, Michelle and I are in in process of producing a home retreat for you, uh, which will be two days of downloadable on-demand material, uh, and we will be discussing it in that. But for today, the very simple, the, the very simple, basic oh no uh, affirmations that you can use, and these are a modern version. There's there are some older ones, uh, are are very simply this: I love you. I'm sorry please forgive me. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh,
0: I have heard surgeons talk Mm -hmm. about using this while Mm -hmm. they're in the midst of crisis. Mm -hmm. I have used it myself in the middle of trial. Uh, It it is, again, a way of taking the craziness, the madness, the external crap that's going on out there Mm -hmm. um, and cleaning it up real quick. I, I, I'm hesitating to say it, but I'm going to. Uh, think of it as your own personal version of toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, an, it, it's, it's a way of just cleaning this out right away, um, which ultimately, by the way, while I can do the I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it, the, I use a two-word phrase now. I just say at zero. And uh, that sort as of is the basis for something we talked about also is, uh, earlier, my Shinyatta code, where I go through a number of questions, and the only thing that people respond back to me are at zero. Mm. That's your baseline. Where are you? We can go back to the subjective units of distress uh, and say on a scale of zero to 10, zero being calm and bliss and wonderfulness and joy, and I remember who I am. Mm. 210, I'm going out, I'm losing my mind. You know, where would you rather be? Well, I'd rather be at zero. Okay, so how far away from zero are you? And when all this stuff happens, all I need to do now is go, I want to stay at zero. That's where I want to be. I want to be at zero, at zero. Mm-hmm. And when these catchphrases become habit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you start literally start rewiring uh, what's going on in your brain? Because suddenly it's not a crisis anymore. Suddenly it's not an emergency anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. You might
0: have a crisis. You might have an emergency. But most of the stuff we see in life is mm-hmm. not a crisis and not an emergency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, the stuff Michelle and I are chatting about are ways, are tools for you to revisit what's mm-hmm. going on out there.
1: Yeah. Can I add for anybody out there in relationship distress, the way I've used Pono is to ask the couple at the end of the day to sit, face each other, hold both hands and repeat back, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me and thank you. And I heard about Pono and was trained in it before entering the grief world. And there is a man, uh, Dr. Ira Byock, B-Y-O-C-K, who did research in hospice and looked at the important conversations people have to have before they die. And guess what they were? Telling people who they love, I love you. Um, Asking for forgiveness, please forgive me. Um, Telling people thank you, right? And then also the one that's a little different is telling people that they are forgiven but isn't it interesting that you take an ancient Hawaiian tribes ritual and and you apply it to a bunch of you know Amer, you know North American Westerners in hospice and the conversations that are most important to people when they're dying are the same thing so if we incorporated that into our lives with our friends with our partners where it's appropriate uh, with ourselves um, what what does that do to us in terms of preparing for the depth of who we are as humans?
0: And I'm going to take it one step further, and maybe this is a good way to, to leave this resonating with folks. Um, the whole point of mantras and affirmations for me mm-hmm. is to enable you to have a deeper and better conversation with yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you have a deeper and better conversation with yourself, you necessarily have it with uh, each other. These these aren't you know, you're not going to walk around and, and you, know, you find someone in distress or suffering or in pain. You don't walk up to them and say, "I know what you need. You need a good mantra. You need a good <laughs> you. You know what? Ho'oponopono will work well for you. <laughs> this is a, this is work on yourself. Uh-huh. You know, I I will use a lot of these. I'll use mantras, affirmations, the ho, pono, pono, the I am, I can, I, you know, I go through all of that. I don't, a lot of the times, I don't even tell anybody what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) One of our listeners said, wait, Scott, you mean that doesn't work? And I just had to reply that that's hysterical.
0: Um, Well, uh, actually, (laughs) we we will end it on, on, on this little concept never try to teach a pig to dance. You'll only waste your time and upset the pig.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is an awesome place to end. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Scott. This has re-inspired me. I think I love, I love our conversations, but I have to say I am inspired to go do some of these affirmations and, and mantra work myself um, to just help me get, get back on track.
0: Wonderful. And and again, as always, thank you guys for uh, joining us. Uh, Please remember to subscribe uh, because it helps us on all the different platforms. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let your friends know we actually in our private Facebook group, I think we're over 30 now. Yay. Um, Yay. So it's been great. It's it's every day. Somebody else. So please feel free to let folks know about us. You uh, can
1: also find us on Twitter and Instagram now. We're slowly building that one. But it is what is our Facebook handle?
0: Uh, it's that what's the the Facebook is uh, keeping your shit together with with a little (laughs) asterisk asterisk. all you have to do is put in keeping your sh you'll you'll, you'll find it (laughs) Uh, but but we are now using the hashtag keeping k-e-e-p-i-n-g and then Mm y-s-t so excellent uh, you can check it under the hashtag as well and again you can hear from you you can find me on uh, anywhere on thinkingmagically.com. And Michelle, what's your uh, website?
1: Postinternationalinc.com. Cool. So we'd love to hear from you.
0: All right. Until next time, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everybody.
0: All right. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, Radar broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.